Hey, HBs, we're back for Heaving Bosoms, the podcast where two friends recap and review a new romance novel each week. This week, we're continuing with the Christmas time cheer in small town Oregon. Macy Yates delighted us with Christmas time cowboy. Get ready for some reconnection, redemption, and sweaty romps. Plus, tons of illumination and giggling by your fearless hosts. Buckle in, bitches. One, two, three, four. Oh! <laughs> Was that your hello? Yeah, Ow! I guess so. <laughs> Hey, Mel, how are you? Good morning. I am fabulous. Oh, man. All right, so what's new? Um, so you just said, what are we going to banter about? I don't have anything to banter about. And I just said, <laughs> I do. All right, uh-huh. listener. Right, here's listener. some here's some behind the scenes knowledge about Heaving Bosoms podcast. Ooh. Is that Melody does? Uh oh. <laughs> it's it's gonna. Are be you fine. telling tales on me? No. <laughs> well, kind of. But oh, Melody does all of the editing, all of the RSS <laughs> feed. How whatever magic takes the podcast to iTunes, I do not know. Melody does all of that, and then in return, I have been mostly doing the social media stuff and you are a social media goddamn savant i have to say thanks girl so this week or last week we decided hey let's put up like on our facebook let's put up some like articles and things that people might actually like to read instead of just like new podcast new podcast new podcast yeah which i really think is important because like we're reading these articles anyway and yeah uh, yeah. here's the thing mel Uh uh-huh i know you think it's important because you like every article I put up. You can't do that, Mom. Why? I like them. I'm going to show it's it like, to the world. It's like the conversation that I had to have with my mom when she got on Facebook where I was like, Mom, you can't like every single thing that I post. It's embarrassing. Yes, I can. Yes, our, I can. Our listener is going to be like, oh, wow. There's one like. It's Melody. <laughs> Well, you know what? Then then the listener can jump in and start liking some shit on our Facebook feed. We do. We have listeners liking we stuff. Do. I just love that every time I post something, it's like within 30 seconds, it's like, Melody Carlisle loves this. I'm like, I know. You're on the podcast with me. I know that you love it. I just think that you're you're doing a bang up job, bro. <laughs> That's all. I'm just showing my appreciation, perhaps a little bit too publicly. Uh, it just tickles me so much every time. I'm just it makes me so happy. <laughs> Damn it! I think the funniest thing about that is that um, sure I I like or love it immediately, but then I also text being like, Aaron, that was really interesting. I, <laughs> I read that Where article and I really liked that. that. We should read that book that you put on the Facebook. I'm like, I know, Mel. <laughs> oh, boy. Uh, I love you so much. But I just wanted, <laughs> when we sat down today, I was like, I've got to talk to her about this because it <laughs> it makes me, it warms my heart every time. But it also makes me be like, Mel, stop it. They're going to know we're losers. <laughs> like, All right. Well, I didn't know that I was embarrassing. <laughs> <laughs> Our listeners are supposed to think we're cool. <laughs> Aaron, I think that ship has firmly (laughs) sailed. I think they know. (laughs) 
Um, yeah, I think I, I think I bear a little bit too much of myself on this podcast <laughs> we both for do. our listener to think that I have any chill. That's true. There is none. Well, speaking of social media, that's actually how we found this book. I found this book to read this week because remember I sent you, I don't know if it was like the Instagram link or something like that, but, but mm, like, I don't know, just to all the authors out there, self-published or traditionally published, Keep the social media game going because I found this book because Maisie Yates posted a a really like short boomerang video of her cracking the box of her um, like she just got a box of her pre-released books because this is called Christmas Time Cowboy by Maisie Yates. It is number 10 in the Copper Ridge series and it came out in October of this year. So we were sort of planning ahead for the holiday season and I saw this boomerang video of her cracking open the box and and the the cover of this book and I immediately sent it to Aaron and I was like Christmas book (laughs) (laughs) so yeah the social media stuff works from time to time every most of our listeners and social media followers are also writers which I really like I know it's I fangirl quite a bit every Mm -hmm. time we get a new author that follows us because I'm just like (laughs) um So, okay, like I said, this is number 10 in the Copper Ridge series. Mm -hmm. It is her newest book, and this is, okay, so full disclosure, we have not read, at least I have not read any of the other Copper Ridge series. Right, which made... I'm going to. Boy, howdy, am I going to. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I know that you loved this book. I As I was reading this, I was like... I was doing my little flip thing every once in a while where I'm like, okay, family redemption, blah, 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 blah. And I was like, catnip for Melody, Melody catnip, blah, 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 And I was just like, Melody is just going to squee all over this book. So I, yeah, that makes sense to me that you're going to read the first nine. Yeah, I mean, I hate to think that I'm so predictable, but really, I'm I'm just sort of an open book. So, (laughs) you know, there's there's not a whole lot of mystery or intrigue when once you get to know me. Okay, but at the very least, I'm going to probably read books seven through nine because they are focused on the Donnelly brothers. This is actually the final Donnelly brother that finds his love. The Donnelly brothers have been the focus of the series since book seven. And before that, it was like other people in town. And once I really like dug deep into the descriptions, it was really cute because you see a lot of those people throughout this book is like sort of Easter eggs. Like this person who was the subject of book three sold them the, the, the thing or like this person Mm -hmm. is in charge of the parade. And I was like, Oh, that's why they named them by name. Because if you read the rest of these as a responsible romance podcaster, Uh um, you would know. I didn't figure that out until I was, you know, a good, 50 to 100 pages into the book. And so mm. I was just annoyed by how many characters there were for a long time. I'm like, why do we need seven fucking brothers and all of their wives? And why do we need to know who the mayor is and the half sister and the blah, blah, blah? I was just like, I cannot, I was starting to draw like a family tree because I'm like, I can't keep this shit straight. Um, and then I was like, I had oh, no wait, problem keeping it they straight. probably have written books about all of these couples and that's why they're so adorable. So that, yeah, it's probably yeah, more adorable if you've read them all. Um, mm-hmm. All right, so we've got Liam Donnelly uh-huh. and, and Sabrina, Sabrina Layton. Layton. Yes. And uh, 
this book really was catnip for Melody. And <laughs> it overcame a lot of the shit that I fucking hate uh-huh. in a lot of ways. So that was also, you know, all the thumbs up. Okay, premise of the book. <laughs> um, Liam has come back to town a while ago. <laughs> what? I think this may Aaron's be the first shaking. book that we disagree on. Ah! Oh, I love this. Yeah, please bring it. Aaron's like super shaking her head at me. And I can't wait because although, you know, in um, How I Met Your Mother, when they talk about when you point out somebody's flaw and it's oh, like and it shatters, shatters the glass shatters yeah. and you you never you never you're never the same around that person like every time they do uh-huh. it you you know that works with me a lot actually uh every time like I will enjoy a tv series until Michael walks into the room and he's like oh my god this dialogue is so stilted and then I can't enjoy it anymore <laughs> because then I notice <laughs> I'm not going to ruin it for you, I swear. No, Everything no, no, I, I don't mind. I, and I didn't hate this book. I actually, I liked it. It was just hard for me. I I didn't, I didn't love it is the problem. Fair so enough. it wasn't like, I didn't, if I read this on my own, I probably wouldn't have finished it. It didn't really grab me. So I don't think I'm going to ruin it for you. There's nothing in here that I was like, this thing. <laughs> That's not. Anyway. Okay. So premise is, um, Liam has come back to his family dairy farm after a lot of years because he inherited 25% of it after his grandfather passed. He apparently came back a while ago because he's been a fixture in the rest of his brother's romance novels. And he has approached the owner of the local winery, who is Sabrina's ex-sister-in-law, to do a joint venture where the dairy farm and all their cheese teams up with the winery and all their wine, and they do a tasting room in town for all of the tourists of Copper Ridge, Oregon, which, mm-hmm. I mean, just swoon. I'm fanning myself right now. <laughs> and they're going to open it up, like, right before Christmas, and they only have, like, three weeks mm-hmm. if they want to do this because they want to yeah. do, like, a grand opening at the, like, downtown Christmas fair. Extravaganza. Yeah. Yep. yeah. So... Sabrina is the, she's not the owner of the winery anymore because her father is a fucktard who gave it, he like didn't even consider her for inheriting the winery and he gave all of the ownership over to her brother who then signed a really unfortunate prenup where if like whoever the cheating party was in the relationship got everything. So her sister-in-law now owns the, the winery that's been in her family for like I don't know. I don't know if it's generations or if like her parents just started it, mm-hmm. but whoopsie yeah. on the part of that cheating motherfucker. Mm-hmm. Um, but Sabrina sided with her sister because she was like, you know, she's one of the best people on the planet. and I can't believe my brother did this to her. And also I really believe in her vision for the winery, not my dad and brother's vision for the winery. So let's do this. And she goes whole hog and she's the manager of the current tasting room and like venue where they're now having weddings and functions and all the cool shit that you can do at a gorgeous Oregonian winery. Hmm. So the first interaction we see is a business meeting between Mm -hmm. um, Liam and Sabrina. I almost said Linda and something, uh, some Frankenstein name. Mm hmm. And the meeting is stunted and polite. Right. It's very clear they haven't there seen is each history. other in 13 years. Mm-hmm. And something big happened between them. When Liam was in town when he was 20, he worked at the winery. 
as just kind of like a grunt worker, as far as I can tell. And when he a a tattooed oh, uh, tank top wearing. <laughs> sweat glistening in the sun kind of grunt is tank top wearing like a like a sexy description of a person i'm just I'm like sorry you. in any kind of manual labor situation if i can see more muscles rippling especially muscles that are covered in tattoos yes a tank top is a sexy proposition all right fair so okay so he is a sexy tattooed cowboy so when mm, he was 20 and she was 17 something happened but he describes her as being this like wild 17 year old like very uh uninhibited and beauty yeah yeah. naive and all that now she is a tight buttoned up heinous bitch like i cannot she was awful to him terrible she was so mean really mean yes melody i thought she was um polite and professional but not taking any shit and not how was she mean I will he's find the one it who always said me cutting. Yeah, please do. Yeah, okay. bring it. Because right. he's the one who always said like inappropriate cutting guided remarks that like ugh. there were mm-hmm. moments where I was like, Liam, maybe you should stop being an asshole. See, I thought that of her almost the whole time, but I didn't highlight any of it. Ah. Oh, sad town. Um, okay, so Anyway, there's clear that there's a lot of history and baggage and bullshit. And during their meeting, like Sabrina has this grin plastered onto her face, like this polite, like, like, I don't want to be here, but I have to kind of grin. And he's made very uncomfortable by it. But then she hands him her card because he needs to coordinate things with her specifically about, mm-hmm. you know, buying the property and getting all the shit together. And their fingers brush and he feels it all the way to his groin. Straight down to his groin where he had always felt things for her, even though it was impossible. I don't know why. I don't know why it would be impossible. <laughs> even though he was all wrong for her and even though they were now doing a business deal together and she looked like she would cheerfully chew through his flesh if given half the chance. I think that's it. She wasn't like saying she was just just being very cold toward him and i was just i like, sort of don't blame her given their history like is that just me i do <laughs> <laughs> yes, i mean okay you. so why don't we just you, okay. we find this out in bits and pieces throughout the book but mm-hmm. i'm just gonna put it all out on the table all right, because it's good. pivotal yeah Okay. She was 17. He was 20. He worked on the winery for three months. And throughout that time, they created this friendship. But, um, you know, Sabrina being a sort of self-centered 17-year-old girl didn't realize that he had never confided anything in her. She was the one who like opened up to him. And it was the first time that she really felt comfortable enough to confide and, and open up and do all of that. Because this is what I found to be a little bit bullshit, like because of, quote unquote, her family standing in the community. And I'm like, all right, you snobby rich bitch. Mm-hmm. But OK, so she, they have this really great friendship throughout the summer. And then it sort of blossoms into something more. Mm-hmm. One afternoon, her father brings him into his office and he's like, I have noticed that my daughter has a fascination in you. And I need that to not happen because you are not good enough for her. I am willing to pay you a large sum of money to leave town and never come back. And he's like, I'll think about it and leaves his office. As he leaves his office, he sees Sabrina by the barn over by this gorgeous like beech tree or something like that. And she's leaning up against the tree. And then she asks him to go for a walk in the vineyard. 
and they'd done this quite a few times over the summer just like to walk through and talk and like be away from everyone else and during this walk she gets up on her tiptoes and kisses him he does not kiss her back he just sort of like allows her to kiss him and then they break apart and Sabrina feels like all giggly and fabulous about it and they go about their day but then that night she does the stereotypical like it's so 17 it's so so cute she gets all dressed up in a trench coat and nothing else Mm -hmm. and goes down to his worker cabin and he opens the door and she goes in and she drops the trench coat showing him all of her body and he basically like verbally tosses her out and he says that he doesn't do virgins Mm -hmm. and so she needs to leave immediately So she picks up her trench coat and she's obviously crushed and leaves. Then the next morning, he leaves without a word. She finds out a week later that there was, in fact, a payout from her father. So she is incredibly hurt on, like, multiple levels. So she's humiliated. She feels really betrayed because she thinks that the whole summer was, like, I don't know, a lie. Like, their friendship was completely a lie. He could just leave without saying anything to her. Mm Mm-hmm. And that she obviously wasn't worth as much as however many dollars her father paid him. I'm guessing it was like 100K. Yeah. I mean, this was a lot of money. It paid for four years of college for him. Yes. Which is huge. Huge. So, I mean, I sort of don't believe him. Yeah. We all would have taken that deal. (laughs) Sorry. Yeah. Yeah. Sorry, everyone. True love be damned, frankly. So... Well, and he didn't, I mean, he was 20 and he was like, he was, had this incredibly hard knock life, which we find out Mm -hmm. about later. So then she decides to like burn her life down as a result. And she gets drunk one night at this party that her father is throwing for like the mayor's reelection or something uh, snobby and, and upper class. And she gets drunk on a bottle of wine because let's review. She's 17 and adorable. She throws, she makes a huge scene at this party and reveals to everyone that her mother has been cheating on her father for years. Wait, was the mm. suggestion there that Melody can drink a bottle of wine and just be cool? Okay, <laughs> all right. Now you are telling stories on me. <laughs> anyway, sorry, keep going. Okay, my point was she didn't even, like, finish the bottle. No, Yay! I just thought it was funny. It's just like she got drunk on just one bottle of wine. <laughs> Lightweight. Yeah, yeah, no, I would be, I would be toasty. If I drank four glasses uh-huh. of wine. So let's, yeah, you're, you're correct. But warm. Okay. I, I, yeah. Hmm. <laughs> um, so, all right, okay. sorry. She goes into this party. And it, like, ruins her whole life because her father is obviously humiliated. He, like, you know, like, he doesn't kick her out of the house, but she loses her job at the winery. She now, in her brain, is, like, on her own. And he basically doesn't speak to her ever again. This is now right. 13 years later. And the most he said to her is, please pass the potatoes one year at Christmas because her mother forgave her and she still like comes to family functions. But her relationship with her father has never been the same. Right. And okay. sorry, like I don't super blame her. I mean, he could have at least talked to her and been like, hi. Oh, no. I... Her dad's terrible. Terrible. Yeah. That's awful. Well, and um... Liam could have said, hey, I have the opportunity to go to college, which I never thought was possible. I have to go do that. You do know you think I mean? that like, would have made it better? I don't know. Because I, I don't. 
I don't think so. You're right. And You're right. I think that, so this whole book is based on this premise of this like young love they had of this three month mm-hmm. friendship, one kiss, and then which he did not kiss her back. And then a huge rejection. And then but a it huge was her rejection. first kiss. So like. Sure. Yeah. But you know, if Melody kisses you back. Think though. back to 17 year old Melody. I'm yeah. Was 17 year old mm-hmm. Melody ever rejected by a, a man that she thought was sexy? Um, I mean, I was 17 when I got, when I first kissed a person. So, so was Sabrina apparently. But the thing is like she, she takes this 17 year old rejection, which is probably like, is definitely life altering when she's 17 and then spends the next 13 years as just a frozen icicle of a person because she cannot oh. deal with the fact that Liam left her. And it's like she yeah. she fully admits she didn't know one fact about this guy. He was just right. this, like, tattooed cowboy ideal, and he was the first person to pay attention to her. And it's just like, if you stayed hung up on the first person to ever pay attention to you when you were 17, like, none of us would be people. <laughs> no, totally. Well, and that she's love not never person. works out, and it always ends in a colossal failure of horrible heartbreak and feeling like your heart is wrenched out of your body and all these different descriptions that are in this book. That is, like, literally every Everybody's story is everybody well, had that unless heartbreak. you're the five percent that happily marries your high school sweetheart sure but then in that case it's like i can't imagine i cannot imagine only having sex with one person my whole life <laughs> i know that that's that's like romantic in a lot of ways and it's the ideal for a lot of people sure. but i personally just cannot wrap my brain around it but you cannot live your whole life hung up on that first love when no, you're 17 she's i found a that damn crazy person completely irrational. not to mention i couldn't relate to her in a lot of ways because i don't understand like not just banging it out with the second best Mm -hmm. you know what I mean Mm -hmm. like she she says that every time she got with a man and like he would kiss her and the closest or the most that ever happened was like a hand up the shirt and then she would be like this doesn't feel the same as it did with Liam a person who didn't kiss her back she didn't feel anything with Liam because they literally had no skin-to-skin contact except for a (laughs) one-sided kiss like at some point you've got to grow up at 25 27 28 she should probably realize oh that was uh just kind of a stupid crush i had when i was 17 and i know it's true love and that's what the book is about but i just could not get behind her no i hear that no i totally hear that because there was a lot of times when i was like i don't know what this person's problem is yeah. And I definitely, like I said, maybe it's the Sluts McGee in me, but there's no way that I would have spent the next 13 years not having sex with everyone in sight just to fill the void. Right. <laughs> like- and she talks about like really the first time she sees him before this like tasting room venture is she walks into a bar in town, like the, the town bar where you see everybody you grew up with, like everybody mm-hmm. has this bar. And she, oh, yeah. she sees him in there and she's like, oh, shit. Like, oh, my God. And, like, immediately leaves. And I think I still would have had that reaction. Like, you see the guy that you're yeah. in love with when you're 17 who dumped you and, like, this humiliating thing happened? Sure, I get that. But then she spends the next three weeks, four weeks, whatever it is, just punishing him for leaving. And if if this happened to me and that guy turned to me and said, your dad gave me 100K, I would have been like, you know what? <laughs> I get <Good>. it. Because <laughs> well, I no, remember 17-year-old me and she wasn't that great. Right. She wasn't 100K yeah, yeah, yeah. great. No, <laughs> no. No, no. my vagina is not gold-plated. So, no. But let's review. 
if I've got the timing right, this had to have been at least two years ago, three years ago, because it, this is the fourth book. Liam has been in town for, I mm-hmm. think, yeah. the past like two or three years. And this whole time, if they see each other on the street, she takes a quick right and like goes down an alley or like crosses the street to get away from him. Mm-hmm. And I, I mean, I get that reaction as well. But like at some point, I don't know. Anyway, you got to grow up. So they yeah, they decided they're going to do this joint venture together and they start putting it together. And the next day he schedules a viewing of the property. They accidentally run into each other at the local coffee shop because they both want coffee at 6.45 in the morning. Before like, their meeting. The fact that, that she makes was, sense. Yeah. No, no, no. She was so surprised by this that oh. I was like, bro, dude, uh, people like to be caffeinated in the morning. But, and this was one place that I, I made a note about Sabrina being kind of a bitch face. Because Liam orders coffee and she gets a little bit territorial because the uh-huh. girl is like, oh, hi. I like, you're really yeah, cute. Yeah, because the barista is got nice. A I was like, just... You're a, a hot rancher yeah. in town. Uh-uh. Yeah, yeah. No, the mm-hmm. barista is just sort of a person instead of being an icicle. And on the way to their meeting, Sabrina's like, that girl was making a fool of herself over you. Oh. And I was like, my note is blame the woman. Harumph. Yeah. <laughs> like, also, he no. didn't do anything, though. Like, he was just Yeah, he like... ordered coffee and then doctored his coffee and then they left. He doesn't owe anything to a woman that he, like, soundly dumped 13 years ago. <laughs> In fact, it was a non-starter. And also, I found a bitchy line. Mm, please Here do. Here we go. He says, my sister-in-law is good friends with his wife, both my sisters, blah, blah, blah. So I've got the inside track on that. Like some guy who's going to get the tasting room real estate. One of, the, right. one of the guys in a previous novel. Right. Her expression turned bland. How impressive. She sounded absolutely unimpressed. He says, mm-hmm. I wasn't, it wasn't intended to be impressive, just useful. Her lips twitched like she was holding back a smile, but not a nice smile. Well, aim for what you can achieve, I suppose. He says, I didn't say I couldn't be impressive if I had a mind to be. And she goes, that won't be necessary. I'm just like, what are you? Aim for what you can achieve, I suppose. I was like, he's got a, a guy that I didn't can get hate into it. real estate. I was just like, <laughs> what? like, why are you such a bitch? Like, I mean, well, because she's trying to get in the job, she can. I don't know. I, I, I mean, I'm not saying it was a good idea. I'm just saying that I was like, I was like, all right, girl. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so then my next note is when they're closing the deal, mm-hmm. they're going to the credit union to like get the mortgage or whatever. And on the way into the business meeting, they're like, you know, oh, Donnelly and Layton, it's your turn. So they get up to go in there. And um, it says, for some reason, instinct something. He reached out and pressed his palm against Sabrina's lower back to guide mm. her toward the office. She stopped like, dead in her tracks. Don't touch Her me. gaze sliding over to him, irritation glittering sharply there. Do you touch men you're doing business deals with like that? Because I'll tell you, that's some mental image. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I was like, go, Get girl, it, girl. Set your boundaries. <laughs> that's right. Uh, this reminded me, this was exactly the interaction I had not so long ago. So when you enter a military installation, there's mm. somebody that's standing there that takes your ID. And then if you outrank them, they salute you. And they're all private. So they salute everybody that comes through the gate. You know, poor guys. So I go up to the thing. I hand the guy my ID. And he says, he told me to smile. Oh, no. <laughs> no. No. 
and he was trying to be friendly. Like he didn't understand what he was doing, but I was like, I'm They're sorry. All trying to be friendly. <laughs> I know, I know. God. It's like, I was like, I'm sorry. Um, if I were a male officer, would you tell me to smile? And he was like, oh, uh, no, ma'am. I don't know. I just, you know, you just look sad. And I was like, just say good morning, ma'am. Have a nice day. Salute me. Or give and then me we're a done. reason to smile. Tell me a fucking joke. There is a Otherwise, guy that tells jokes sometimes. He's pretty great. But um, I was fine. like, I was so mad. And then I went to work and I'm like, that, I work with all, all men and one woman. And I was like, that motherfucker told me to smile. And all the men were just like, uh-huh. And the woman was like, me too. And I gave him the business. <laughs> it was great. You know what? That private's going to learn something at this posting. Uh-huh. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Aw. Poor kid. He's like 17. Um, I don't give a shit. I, I understand. Early. But he he's learned his lesson, I'm sure. That's good. Okay. So what are we doing? We close the okay, deal, so they hand on the close back. Close the deal, and they're um they're like oh then they go back to make sketches and and all the things of the mm-hmm. space so that they can order the furniture they need and start really setting it up because let's review they have three weeks to create an entire storefront, which doesn't sound like a huge undertaking. No, like, I you, feel like the business dealings the is what is and the ordering of the equipment is what takes a long time. Yeah, like that's not I don't know, mm-hmm. so. Um, they go back and do that. Like, What's up? I just read this note. All right. Even when we were talking about all the characters. Yeah. Listen to this. Alex and Clara had moved to the ranch, though Alex continued to work at the ranch. Kane and his wife, Allison, and Kane's daughter, Violet, lived at another house on the property <laughs> that Kane had refurbished for them from an old barn, which left Liam, Finn, and Finn's wife, Lane, in the main house. And I wrote, this is like numbers in the Bible. Like, whatever that Bible <laughs> book is, where it's just like, who begot everybody, I was like, just stop. I think that's Genesis, <laughs> anyway, dude. Sorry, Genesis. Genesis. What is numbers? Isn't numbers just like a bunch of stuff, too? Probably. We're probably offending someone. Uh, moving on. <laughs> All right. So. Okay. So they go back to the store and this is when they kind of have it out. Cause he's like, just yell at me, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. like I'm, I'm sick of this, this sheen of ice you've got going on. Yell at me so that we can be done with it and we can like have a productive conversation and a good business relationship. But what he really means is, you know, so that we can get to the, get to the party town mm-hmm. in our pants Mm-hmm. And um <laughs> what? Nothing. Party town in your pants. So throughout this conversation, she finally like spills everything and she tells him exactly how she sort of burned down her life in reaction to his leaving, which mm-hmm. has nothing to do with him. Let's review. Mm-hmm. He is not responsible for any of that. No. But you know, he still feels bad and he's like feels for her and he's shocked because he's like you know why didn't you go to a a first-rate school like I did like she went to U of O um, which is state school it's a good school but it's a state school it's like she's like super rich so he assumes that yeah she would go to like a rich school yeah and bless him he's like did your father give me the money earmarked for your education because I will flip a table Mm -hmm. (laughs) and she's like no I just had to sort of go it on my own after this horrible thing happened and so then she's like, will you just tell me so that we can be over it that like you didn't want me and you don't want me and like, you know, blah, 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 blah. Or you did like just tell me what was going through your brain. And uh, he goes, if I hadn't wanted you, I would have wrapped you in a fuzzy blanket and set you down on my bed. I would have explained to you why it wasn't a good idea. I wouldn't have had to get your naked ass out of my house as quickly as possible before I threw you down on a rug and had my way with you. 
Involuntarily, her fingers drifted upward and she grabbed hold of her necklace on a rug or just the hardwood, <laughs> he says. <laughs> yeah. Um, that was good. I imagine like that he like white fanged her. <laughs> like, you know. Oh yeah. It's <laughs> like oh, go, yeah. go boy. I don't get out of here. <laughs> get out. Get. <laughs> no, go. And he starts throwing rocks at her. <laughs> I mean that's that's the description I felt like he gave. Like yeah, I would have coddled you if, if I could, but I need to yeah. break it off. Yeah. It uh, was better if you hated me. Exactly exactly. And then is that white thing or is that the other one? Oh, that is definitely okay, white thing. Right, okay, yeah. Good. So then he kisses her in the, mm. uh, he kisses one. her and it's he kisses her good. Yeah. yeah. Thank you. There is. Yeah. Don't, the chemistry between them is obvious. Yes. Yeah. It says, hell, there was no point pretending they were going to be professional at this point. That ship had sailed. It had sailed far beyond the horizon line and it wasn't coming back. So he was going to do what he hadn't done then, to hell with the consequences. He lowered his head and pressed his mouth to hers. Gentle, just for a fraction of the second. Just gentle enough so that when she gasped in shock, he could take advantage of those sweetly parted Mm. lips and press deeper and slide his tongue between them. She was frozen as he had been that day long ago. This time, she was the one who was shocked. If he hadn't been so intent on kissing the hell out of her, he might have smiled. But it wasn't time to smile. (laughs) He wrapped his arms around her. That's right. (laughs) Gathering those slender curves up against his body. And it was like something in him sighed, as if he had been holding a breath for 13 years and it had finally, finally released. And then there's like two more pages of this kiss Mm -hmm. in which they writhe up against each other and she wiggles, arching her back, pressing her her breasts more firmly against his chest. Yeah, puts them above her head like in in that movie, does that one. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I did not hate it. I didn't hate it. I didn't hate it. Mm -hmm. I just don't like Sabrina. That is my problem with this book is like I cannot identify to her with her and I don't want Liam to be in a relationship with her. I think he's making a huge mistake the whole time. I'm like, Mm -hmm. I get the chemistry, Mm -hmm. but you do not want to date this woman. So the next thing that happens is she goes out with her girlfriends, right? Yeah. So they go to the bar and they're having a great time. And then the Donnelly brothers, all four of them show up Mm -hmm. because one of her girlfriends was the heroine in just the previous novel with another brother. And they have a great time. And I'm guessing that one of her friends, Olivia, is going to be the subject of a later book when she finally gets it together that like Bennett is supposed to be with Mm-hmm. Uh, it's side characters black yeah. we don't have time for that so but part of this is olivia and liam are gonna play darts olivia bennett's girlfriend yes. and i need to read this internal monologue to oh you. yes please yeah because it's a little bit cray uh-huh do you want to play darts olivia asked liam She'll win, Sabrina horned, her chest getting a little bit weird and tight, and she told herself it wasn't jealousy at all, the thought that he might be playing darts with Olivia. Olivia had a boyfriend anyway, and Sabrina had never gotten the impression that she had an extremely active sex life with him, so she imagined she didn't need to worry about anything with Liam, and Liam isn't even her boyfriend, so maybe she shouldn't worry about if he wants to play darts with Olivia, or quote-unquote, play darts with her. It's not Sabrina's business." I'm like, whoa, Sabrina, you oh, just no, she's did off the a whole crazy. thing there just because <laughs> he smooched you this afternoon and now he's going to play darts with one of your friends and who's nearly engaged to another man. 
Yeah. Like, I was just like, what? The She is crazy. She is a crazy you know, person. Yeah. No, I, I hear you. Liam deserves um, better than whatever this is. Like, I'm sorry. Liam doesn't want better, Aaron. Don't I know, tell Liam a, what It's a problem. <laughs> it's like that friend that you can see. Don't tell Liam to smile. Yeah. But, like, don't you... <laughs> don't tell Liam to smile. Don't you have a friend like this that you're just like, why? No, don't. don't no, totally. Her. Don't do yeah, it. She's totally. crazy. Yeah. So... Okay, so then, but then he uses the opportunity, because as soon as he's like, yeah, I'll play, she's like, yeah, I'll play too, <laughs> like, yeah. like a nutter butter. But she's also crazy, because she's like, I'll play darts with you, maybe he'll touch me, and then he's like, do you need help learning how to throw the dart? And she's like, get, Ew, get why the don't fuck we? away from me, do not touch me. And, he's, and then she's like, but do, but and he's don't, like, but do. But do, but do, but do. <laughs> if I could only muster up the courage to, huh. to wiggle onto you like a clownfish, I would, but she can't. Mm-hmm. So then she leaves. And he follows her out. And she's like, I bet this other girl at the bar would like some dart lessons. And he's like, I don't want to give her fucking dart lessons. I haven't looked at another woman since I saw you yeah. when I came back to town two fucking years ago or however long it was. Yeah. She's, she's playing like, so many what? games with him. Yeah. yeah she no. knows no, what's because up. She's, she's dating him. Sabrina stopped evolving at 17 like that's the only problem with this heroine is that she really did freeze at 17 <laughs> and she's playing huge problem. oh no i'm not i'm not i'm sorry i didn't mean only as in like diminishing it uh-huh. i mean like that is the crux of uh-huh. her problem is yeah. that she just stopped developing at 17 and so yes she is playing some insaney pants games with him mm-hmm. and it's kind of a problem so then she's like oh now i have the upper hand because he's admitted that he wants me and only me and so now i'm going to tell him that i'm not sure yeah i just don't know if we should do anything and and in and her internal monologue is the whole time like no i definitely want this like i'm a crazy person for saying no to this because i it's something i actively want so uh-huh. Fast forward to the next day. Oh, Liam's no, like, no, no. Because this is where we learn in her internal monologue that she wants to have sex with Liam, but she's never had sex with another man because here's right. what we have is another virgin. Another virgin. Another, another out of nowhere virgin. But how this, does this keep ha- Why is this a romance novel trope? This virgin bothered me because she's not a virgin because she chose to be or her morals or it just never happened or, you know, whatever. She's a virgin because she was so hung up on Liam for 13 years, which mm-hmm. blows my mind. Like, I just can't imagine if everyone was so hurt by their high school boyfriend that they just remained virgins until he came around, we would have six billion virgins on Earth. Like, I don't understand. No, the population would be in trouble. Oh, yeah, right. We, have, we would have 12 virgins on Earth, and that's it. Because <laughs> <laughs> that would be so, everyone. Yeah. So, no, I hear you. Okay. So let's, so <laughs> fast forward. He's like, hey, we should work on those pairings. Mm-hmm. And she's like, sure. So he creates this picnic on the floor of their new retail space. And Very it's fucking cute. adorable. Yeah, good stuff. And she has two glasses of wine and gets tipsy because um, she has roughly my tolerance. <laughs> and um, they, oh, and so then he kisses her. <gasps> 
It's a good kiss. And she, and it's another really good kiss. Because he, okay, he's reaching, they're reaching for wine glasses to do the pairings. His eyes met hers, then dropped down to her lips, and she felt weightless, breathless. You should have a taste, he said. She reached out, making a move toward the wine glass, but he set it down, moving it out of her grasp, and then leaned forward, resting on his elbow as he brought his lips against hers. If his mouth tasted of wine, she didn't know it, couldn't make any sense of it at all, because the only thing she was aware of the only thing she tasted, the only thing she was conscious of, was Liam. Mmm. Uh-huh. It's good. There's some cheekbone thumbing. <laughs> There's some <laughs> kiss deepening, tongue sliding. Uh-huh. You know, all the things. Uh-huh. All the things you get. All the things that make you want to take a man home. And uh-huh. so she says, let's go to Pound Town. Let's and he get this says, done. There's no curtains. Do you want to put on a show? And she's like, no, come to my house. Also, I can't drive home, so this is really um, this is really great. <laughs> and uh, okay, wait. So here's the next part of this that I fucking loved. He he's like, "Do you have condoms at your house? Because I have condoms at my house, but I don't have condom on, condoms on me." So she says, "Men are supposed to carry them in their wallets." She insisted. Actually, he said, men are not supposed to carry them in their wallets because it's bad for the latex. And let me explain to you a few of the reasons why it's bad for the oh, latex. Oh, no. Okay, first of Melody, all. Melody, <laughs> you said we really had to make for... this a short podcast, and yet. <laughs> no, this is sexual health education with Melody. It's another segment that we God. just like, pop in. All right. So it's bad for the latex because, one, you can lose track of how old the condom is. And the expiration date can be rubbed off if it's constantly in your wallet. Two, it... Oh, my God. You look so bored. <laughs> I'm Honestly, like, I'm trying to find anything to think about while not listening to you right now. I'm, like, looking You're around. You're a dick. Trying to, like... <laughs> okay. There's some two, books over here. Maybe I could read a little the, bit. The oh. latex should not be squished as it would be in a wallet in a back pocket, like, when men sit And then third, you also should not carry condoms in your pockets or like in your purse or anything because they shouldn't be exposed to differing temperatures, whether cold or hot or going in between the two. So stop carrying condoms on you, everyone. Just do what they do and plan ahead or hit a store on the way. Okay, it's over. So they go to the store (laughs) and Liam goes to get condoms. And what? she Are runs into a person. Oh, shut your um, mouth. Sorry. I was asleep. So. I woke up. <laughs> Are we in town town yet? No? Almost. So she runs into a person she knows and they make awkward conversation. And then oh, but the, it's so good. Wait, to her house. there's so many things that happen because he's going to run in and get condoms and leave. And for some reason, when he gets out of the car, because she's 17 going on 17. Um, yeah. She's like, wait, why are you leaving me in the car? And he's like, because I'm going to go get condoms. And then she realizes that and she feels like an idiot. And now she's got to like be there for the condom buying and, well, she, and freaks and her out. And she's, yeah, she's so embarrassed about the mm-hmm. condom buying. And I would, I would really like to proffer that you, if you're embarrassed to buy <sighs> con- contraception, you maybe shouldn't be having sex. Uh-huh. <laughs> and then she's saying some great dumb stuff while in the, the convenience store. Like, and I hear the ribbed ones the are supposed foods. to be good. <laughs> She's trying to be all like like worldly and shit, and uh-huh. she's just saying all the dumb things. Yeah, while and- grabbing Cheetos and Oreos and yeah. To make it look like they're just on a shopping trip. She's okay. very self-aware. She's like, I'm doing a lot of things that make it pretty obvious I'm a virgin. I feel like 
Um, <laughs> and the friend that she sees is Clara, which is uh, Liam's brother, Alex's wife. It doesn't matter, but um, she definitely sees the condoms and that she's there with Liam and she's getting the condoms. So, so on the way home, she starts getting in her head and she's like, oh my God, he's going to know. And then he'll know that I just like stopped developing at 17 and I haven't, I've been so hung up on him and blah, blah, blah. But I also mm-hmm. really want this, but no, I can't. And so by the time they get to her house, she thinks she's like, okay, bye. Yeah. Huh, thank you she for the says, ride home. She had been a teenager <laughs> then demanding that she be treated like a woman while acting like a child. Now she was a woman acting like a child, feeling like a teenager. She couldn't get the piece of herself pieces of herself to play nicely she couldn't get it together to line up and i wrote accurate <laughs> that is at least you are self-aware all right that's correct um, so then he sees that she like the the haze has broken she's like the moment has passed like you need to go and he's like why don't i uh just rub up on you a bit and remind mm-hmm. you of what this could be like and so he grabs her and hauls her up into his arms like against the steering wheel which sounded mildly uncomfortable but also very hot but she's also so petite melody that's one of the oh, things throughout yeah. the book she is just she if, the, if there's mm-hmm. a gust of wind she might just blow away she has the tightest, most petitest, littlest, skinniest little waist there's ever uh-huh. been. Yeah, that a sheath dress has ever ever ensconced anyone in. Mm-hmm. Yeah, she can wear dolls' so... clothes basically. <laughs> so it didn't. It and didn't... he's the stereotypical big burly. Uh, blah blah. His blah. shoulders are so oh. broad. They're the broadest. <laughs> so. <laughs> So she gets she gets kissed back to her senses and she's like, yeah, you're right. And starts fumbling with her keys to open the door. And then when the door finally gets opened, he like smooches her again and pulls her up into his arms and almost has the the urge to throw her down on the floor and picks her up. And he's like, where should we go? And then she starts thinking about how um, messy her house is. And I'm like, girl, knock it off. Like she's like, I'm not prepared for this. Um, there's dishes in my sink and there's <sighs> underwear on my bathroom floor. And I'm like, yeah, you live alone. Who the fuck cares? Like, he's just thinking about the bed and your pussy. So mm-hmm. why don't we just get there? So he takes her into the room and okay. And then she has this weird, this petite, like athletic without working out. She's like, my body's not the same as it was when I was 17. And he's like, I know I've, I may I not have it. seen you naked this time, but like, I'm liking what you're doing. Uh-huh. So it's cool. And she's like, my hips are bigger. And he's like, yeah, in a good way. Cause you're a woman. She's like, my, my boobs aren't as perky. And as a person who just stopped breastfeeding, like shut your fucking mouth. Mm-hmm. Uh. Mm-hmm. Okay. So this is when we learn a few more things about Sabrina. Hmm. He, so she's naked now. He goes and he does some nipple touching. And she nearly comes based on a nipple touch. And she's like, oh my God, I'm going to come in so embarrassing. I'm like, no, you're not. Like, nipple touch, no, that's not a thing. And then. Okay, that, uh, no, that's happened to me. What? (laughs) (laughs) It's mostly, it's mostly because of like. We're ready for my favorite segment TMI with Melody. So, you know how, like, orgasms are so mental in a lot of ways. And, like, when you're first having sex with someone and everything is new and bright and shiny and, like, crazy. um, Yeah. 
That's definitely happening. Right. After the podcast, you're going to have to tell me who this man is. (laughs) Because we, not at the same time, shared a man. (laughs) So I feel like... Did we? Yes. No, we didn't. Yeah, we did. We both smooched the same man. Sure, sure. but I no, I know you didn't. Didn't go anywhere more than smooching. (laughs) I know you didn't. Here's what I'm saying: is I feel like I likely know whoever this like sex god was. I mean, just because we've been friends for eight years and we know a lot of the same people, sure, we have never ever shared a man. I I want that noted for the record. I just meant that. I just meant that. Like most of the guys you've dated, I know. Yeah, that's you can fine. Cut this, I'm sorry. I didn't I'm not mean it like gonna that. cut it. No. <laughs> <laughs> I just meant that we smooched the same guy. Sure, we know we most of our exes. Just because I get really kissy when I'm drunk. Like. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Okay. So um, that's one thing. The other thing is, uh, no man has ever seen her naked before. So. Which is awkward. I cannot. I don't get it. We also learn that this is the first penis she's ever Ever seen. seen. So she's like, oh, I don't know that that's accurate. No, she said that she has the internet. So like she's watched some porn. Okay, I skipped. I that must have been during one of my flipping yeah. uh, times. Because I was just like, you've never seen a penis because she's like she could see the outline of his arousal clearly through his black boxer briefs, uh, so big, so thick, so much more than she had ever imagined it could be. And I'm like, how do you know? How do you know? Because <laughs> you've never seen one before. You have nothing <laughs> to compare this to. Anyway, all right. So anyway, so then she gives. I actually really liked the sex. Oh, did you? Did you like her very first blowjob? Yep. <laughs> okay. All right. I She's, mean, it was enthusiastic. Her very first blowjob is apparently great, which yeah, I feel like is everyone's experience that their first blowjob was the best in the world. Are you being sarcastic? Yes. Um, oh, got it. Oh, <laughs> TMI with Melody. <laughs> <laughs> was yours the best? No, I'm not. <laughs> I think we're closing. We're closing the book on TMI. With okay. All right. This, okay. This, this time. All right. Okay. All right. Now we're in sex time. Um, mm. So you had some things to say about the sex. No, we've been in sex time for a long time. Yeah, I know. But like we're in penetration time. time. Okay. No, I just liked the whole thing. I liked that. I don't know. It seemed familiar, but also mm-hmm. like really new and exciting. And, you know, one all that thing shit. I didn't like was. She clearly cried out in pain when he first entered her. Oh, yeah. And she was like, ow, eat. And then he kind of mumbles like, "Um, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. And then he's like, bang, 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 bang. (laughs) I'm like, maybe stop and check to make sure she's cool. Like, Yeah, yeah. There was definitely, uh, he was was definitely intent on ripping through her virginity. Which, Yeah, and I mean, she's fine with it. You're an Oregonian. Like, she has ridden a horse. I mean, she's used tampons. Like, there is no hymen left, I can't imagine. No. Mm-mm. But but still, you know, the first time, still kind of, you know, it hurts, smarts yeah. quite a bit. Um, but yeah, he's just like, nah. Um, I don't really like that she comes via penetration on the first time. Yeah, whatever. Because, sure, I'm sure that's happened to someone. Um, <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, okay, so the next morning they wake up. She's no, not the next morning. No, he turns over to get rid of the condom, and she's like, Ugh, "Oh, I you have a tattoo of morning. me on your back." No, it is moments after they both climax. Oh, 
Oh, yeah. No, they go from pound town to fighty time in a mere 30 seconds. And they have this knockdown drag out fight because she's like, how can you even say that I meant nothing to you or whatever when you have a tattoo of me on your back? And it's this it's the scene of her leaning against the tree like the the afternoon Mm -hmm. that he kissed her. And yeah, so they have this knockdown drag out fight. It's it's you know, they say some some really awful things to each other and then he leaves and what is it like 3 days before they see each other again? Yeah. Something like that. It's a that. while. Yeah. Or maybe it's the next day he comes to the winery and she's like mm-hmm. GTFO. No, it's a couple days and then okay. he I comes so. to the winery because they need to do work and stuff and then they fight a little bit more. And in the midst of that fight is when he reveals some things about his abusive mother in his childhood. Yeah. That she would lock yeah. him in closets and starve him and that kind of thing. Yeah. And so he feels, you know, he's got this childhood um, impression that he is unlovable and not worthwhile and, you know, like can't maintain a, a healthy relationship. Mm-hmm. And so he never wants a family. He never wants a wife. He never wants kids. He never wants anything like that because he doesn't think he's capable of it. Mm-hmm. And then all of a and, sudden she kind of like softens towards him and she's like, oh, okay. I don't think of you in a bad way anymore. And he says, what, because you feel sorry for me now? And mm-hmm. I really liked her answer, which was, yeah, kind of, <laughs> because that's right. accurate. And she wasn't well, like, and oh, it's no, also- no, 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 I don't feel sorry for you. Like, that is why she is like... Well, and it also, it contextualizes him taking the payoff. Right. Because in her rich girl brain, right. she's like, why was I not worth the, like, I was, wasn't worth more than money to you? Mm-hmm. And he was like, no, I went without food a lot of times as a kid. I told myself I was going to make my life better. Mm-hmm. And this was the launching pad with which to do that. Like, it, it wouldn't have happened otherwise. So, right. like, and it we made think him... of money differently, you right. spoiled brat. And it made him a person to her too because he had been just this cookie cutter cowboy tattoo fantasy of rugged man and then she this for the first time sabrina realizes that he had a life before he met her and a life after he met her and he's like a whole person and she's kind of like oh i'll take a seat i didn't realize that you (laughs) knew anybody but me ever Mm -hmm. so that's kind of a at least she's self-aware. <laughs> you know what? That's right. She she stopped developing at 17, which is a very, very selfish time, mm-hmm. but still managed to become self-aware in the past 13 years. Mm-hmm. So they decide that until the opening of the store, they're going to have really hot sex and, you know, get to know each other and like have a mini relationship. Mm-hmm. But then once the store is open, that's like their end date, Stupid. which always Stupid. makes no sense it to me. It makes no sense. I was like, I mean, unless one of you is like moving away, Mm -hmm. I don't understand the premise in most romance novels Mm -hmm. of like, this arbitrary date is when we'll never look at each other's genitals again. And this happens a lot. (laughs) This is definitely a trope. And that's why I like that in uh, the Thanksgiving book, the Tiffany Reese Thanksgiving book, that they kind of like teed this up and then she knocked it right down. They're like, we'll be fake girlfriend and boyfriend and then it'll end on Thanksgiving. And then like two days in, they're like, that's stupid. Let's just be regular boyfriend, girlfriend. And they're like, okay, right. I really yeah. liked that she just dismantled that trope. But this one does not. This one clings no. to it the whole time. Yeah. So 
they do more they do, sex. Yeah, but you don't really see much more of it. Yeah, this was. Um, I don't think no, it's really on the page. One where they started up against a wall, and she talked about how cold the wall was, which I was up against her door, which I was like, I was very, um, I identified with that a lot. Um, I mean, you are from Alaska. <laughs> like cold walls, it's a problem. Everything is cold. Yeah. What happens next? Well, I don't really know that it super matters like the rest of the plot because it's really good. And I would I would encourage everyone to read it because like we haven't been gone into the the awesome conversations that you see between the brothers, like mm-hmm. the brotherly love that happens. But anyway, oh, when the store opens. Oh, go ahead. I, there's this whole thing, too, about he wants her to take her hair down because she always had her hair oh, yeah. down when she was 17 and now she always wears it up. And she's like, I, can't, a bun. I can't put it down for you or else it might get snarled. And I just, I love like the conversation about it getting snarled because he's like, yeah, I want to mm-hmm. snarl it. And she's like, no, no, I don't want it to be snarled. And he's like, let me snarl it. <laughs> <laughs> really cute. Yeah. Oh no, that's the next sex we see is, is like right before her. opening. Yeah. They, oh, it's really cute. They get a tree for the the store and he's like, I, in his internal monologue is like, I've never had a Christmas before. Like my mom didn't do Christmas with me because she was an abusive bitch and I didn't do Christmas on my own. So like in his brain, Sabrina is Christmas and the Christmas spirit. And like, she is the, the package for him that comes with this like, you know, great tidings of joy uh-huh. or whatever. And, um, Don't act like you were like whatever. You were all about this. You were laughing. I loved this it. <laughs> Don't. <laughs> all right, all right. So I know I try to put up this tough front. You're not. It's just not gonna work. I have a note so, here that says, "Oh God, mm-hmm. Melody is sobbing," and I can't wait to tell you about it. <laughs> I didn't cry. Uh, um, this book, I don't think. I know where you were close. So these two brothers who were abused by their mother. Oh, I was really. (laughs) So the younger brother who's in the army asks Liam to be his best man because he's marrying the girl probably from the other book. And he's like, you want me to be your best man and not one of your soldier buddies or whatever? And Alex says, you're my hero, Liam. Blah, blah, blah. And Liam's like, I'm not your hero. You're a hero. You're a soldier. And he's like, no, you protected me, Liam. And Liam's like, you're my hero, Alex. I hope you know that. You're the bravest son of a bitch I know. And like, they do this. Yeah. And I wrote, and they do this whole monologue at each other. And I'm like, we don't even know these characters. And Melody is sobbing. (laughs) Right? You know, you're not fucking wrong. Uh, (laughs) But anyway, back to Christmas. Yeah. They, the next sex we see is on the floor of the shop. And this is when he's like, can I take your hair down? And she's like, yes. Snarls it. And this ends up being, oh, and it gets all the fuck snarled. Oh my God. This sex lasted for like so long. (laughs) So long. I was like, I almost like flipped through some of the sex. Because I was just like, because it wasn't just, it was just like descriptions of the universal, like cosmic connection between the two yeah. of them it was all emotional and i was just like yeah blah, blah, blah. i know right blah, totally blah, blah, blah. chemistry blah, blah. <laughs> um so but and this ends up being the last sex they have before sabrina breaks it off because she is serious oh. about this end date Ooh, we forgot something i'm sorry right. i just need to do yeah go ahead go ahead it's so we forgot they go chop Look down a tree puppy dog eyes yeah i but, told you that yeah but uh, I need to do a segment, logistics please? with Aaron, 
Oh, yes, please. Logistics with Aaron. Doop, doop, doop. Logistics with Aaron. <laughs> I don't care how sharp your axe is. It's mm. you go out to get a tree. He brought an axe, not a chainsaw. And how somehow he fells this tree within like, I don't know, five minutes. Because she's like, ooh, I want to see you swing your axe like a lumberjack. And I've got my little <laughs> booties on. And, you know, we had our little picnic out here with a quiche. And he's like, okay, you can watch me swing my axe like a lumberjack. And then it's like, and then Liam cut down the tree. And then they were in the right. car. And I'm like, you guys just skipped, I would say, four and a half hours. Because that's how long <laughs> that, that would have taken how big do you think this tree There's is? There's no way he I, got that I tree down with an axe. In I imagined a four-inch trunk. She keeps saying they need the a bigger most. and bigger tree because she's like, the ceilings are ten feet tall. We need a bigger one. And he goes with her. No way. And then they got to get it up on the car. Are you kidding me? And what, he does that just with one hand? Like, And she doesn't help him at all? Like, That is a hard day. And it was just no, like, it is. Beep, boop, it's a lot of And work. then the tree was in the car. Like, no, uh, uh, You bring a chainsaw, that is a hard day. Yeah, he didn't even have, like, a hacksaw. Um, no. Like, it wasn't right. It was a, so, it was a Paul Bunyan-style axe. <laughs> it was. All right. It was. But he knows how to wedge that shit. You know, you wedge it on one side I didn't and then say, you chop on the other. Oh, yeah. And then he also says he got... He got, he said, uh, she looked at him with like some lust or whatever. And he was like, that's something that could be accomplished with a $5 permit and a $20 axe. I'm like, a $20 axe? Oh, We're in a whole different yeah. realm of Walmart axes now. Yeah, like, I didn't even. Uh-uh, no. Uh-uh. <laughs> no, that's like, that's like a good, it needs to be a good quality axe. Mm-hmm. I'm not a saying nice, that that lumberjack nice fantasy wasn't working fire. for me. I just did not find it believable. That's all. <laughs> sure. Sure. Okay, so she breaks up with him. And meanwhile, right before she breaks up with him, his internal monologue is like, we're perfect for each other. I don't want a family. She's told me she doesn't want to get married. But her internal monologue, this whole book, every time Mm -hmm. he's like, I don't want to get married. I don't want to have kids. She feels weird twangs in her belly. And I'm like, yeah, that's because that's disappointment, my friend. Mm -hmm. Like, stop. Stop it. Like, you need to be real about what you want. Otherwise, nothing's ever going to work. Except that it does work out. And that's probably the most unbelievable part of this book Mm -hmm. is that she breaks up with him because she's like, I and and this is admirable of her. She's like, I've realized I want it all. I want the husband. I want the kids. I want everything. And you don't want that. So we got to get out of here and go do our own thing. Mm -hmm. And he sulks for two weeks and he then gets this dressing down by his brother's and within like four hours after this, you know, sort of knockdown drag out real session that he has with his brothers where they're like, no, you're capable of love. You deserve it. You deserve it with Sabrina because like you're a different person around her and she brings out the best in you or whatever. Mm-hmm. Yes. And and then all of a sudden, all of his childhood baggage just melts <laughs> away. Flies and away. He, into the breeze. And he is ready for marriage today. Mm-hmm. And he wants a gaggle of tiny little Liams running around well, as as soon as possible. I didn't really have a problem with Sabrina having a magic vagina because Liam also had a magic penis. Like, all of a sudden, she's not buttoned up anymore. Yeah. She's brave. She's ready to go. She's sexual. She's, you know, all these things. And all she needed was that... That peen. Peen. Telling ya. So anyway, long story short, they get married. They have three children. Get together and have three children. And all of the Donnellys live on the same farm together 
on different plots of houses and it's adorable and picturesque. And uh, Sabrina continues to be Liam's Christmas. Oh, yeah. She's his Christmas forever. Is the book. <laughs> Merry Christmas, HBs. You know what? I liked this book a lot. And I'm going to read all of the other ones. Mm-hmm. At least the Donnelly brothers. There were just too many. There were too many monologues in this book. I was just like, I, I just kept getting a little mm. bit bored. And, I, you know, I couldn't get. It was a trudge for me. I actually read a, another romance novel in the middle of reading this book because I got bored. Stop And it. I thought it would kind of like jumpstart me a little bit. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, I read another O'Malley book in the middle of this uh, Donnelly book. So Yeah, I think we should do the O'Malley books mm-hmm. um, soon. Yeah. Or one of them. Yeah, but we've got too many reader recommendations we've got to do. I know. Our I'm so excited is about packed. it. Oh, you know what? Hmm. Our lives are so hard that our listeners are engaging us and they want us I to know. read books they I recommend. know, I know, I know. Can I tell you, it's the best problem to have in the I'm whole wide so world. Thank you, listener. We so appreciate you mm-hmm. and we so appreciate your engagement. Like, we fucking love it. Yes. So, yeah. Do you have a lady but, love I mean, recommendation? Oh... A lady love recommendation. Here's the thing. Um, mm-hmm. I have two, maybe three, and I'll go real fast. Oh, please. So I can just do yours. All right. The first one is I need to talk briefly about Kesha. Yes. <laughs> so some girlfriends and I were Oh, my God. Out. Wait, wait, wait. Can I pause you yeah. real quick? Uh-huh. The other day in the car, Michael and Ember and I were driving around. A Kesha song came on, and all of a sudden, Michael looks over and says, are you sobbing? Uh-huh. <laughs> because because her prayer uh-huh. came on. Praying. And I and praying, yes. And I was like, yes, I'm crying because this song is beautiful and she's finally doing music that she can be proud of. And like this is her getting over all of the things that she's been through and like sticking it to her abuser. And she's been through so much and I'm just crying. And I was like, uh-huh. just sobbing in the um, car. I'm a- I went from I went from getting bagels, I mean like zero to steel magnolias, as Tanya <laughs> says. Um, so I, uh, I'm a longtime Kesha fan, sometimes, kind of in a, uh, an ironic way sometimes, but, um. At first. Yeah. Yeah. I, uh, I would lead trainings at my workplace and they would all involve Kesha somehow. It just became Stop a joke. It. Anyway, so, but this whole, Kesha's whole album, the album that came out this year, it's not just praying, it's the whole album is really, really, really good. Really good. Mm-hmm. She's got country songs, she's got a duet with Dolly Parton on there, she's got like, oh my God. and they're all feminism songs. Every single one is like a uh, get your shit done. And this Time Magazine thing that came out and didn't include Kesha and we were all so I... pissed about that. And then like she, here's the thing. Listen to that Kesha album. It's a lady love situation, the self love situation and she better yeah. get that Grammy. So there we go. Kesha. Lady self love number two is that Tazo, the tea company Tazo has come out with a uh. new uh, line of teas called uh, Dessert Delights. And one of Ooh. these teas is called Iced Lemon Loaf, I want to say. And it is the yes, best please. smelling tea. It does not taste as good as it smells, but you will smell this and it will be your most happiest place. It smells like a lemon cake that's so, so good. And you will think that you're eating a dessert even though you're not. And then the third one is that when we were buying, when we were doing Christmas books, I went to Barnes & Noble and got two christmas books that i picked that we didn't end up doing but they were both very like explicit looking romance novels that looked very Mm. cheesy 
Um, it was like one was a very cowboy Christmas. I'm looking at it right now, and it's like a shirtless cowboy on the front of the thing <laughs> with like a Santa hat. Like it's real, it's real <laughs> cheese ball. And then I got up to the Barnes and Noble, you know, teller, and I'm like, I'm holding these two. The other one was like a firefighter that was very similar. And I realized, like, I have these two very embarrassing books in my hands. And my whenever I've bought a romance novel in the past, I found like a writ like, oh, these are your gag gifts or whatever. But no, I love romance novels and they're not embarrassing and they shouldn't be embarrassing. So I was like, Aaron, I like steeled myself. I'm like, you're going to go up to this Barnes and Noble teller and you're just going to look her in the eye and be like, these are my cowboy Christmas sex books that I, cowboy firefighter Christmas sex books that I want to read because this is what I like to read. And you're just going to, you know. And so I got up there and she did. She looked at the books and she looked at me in a very judgmental way. And she laughed a little. And then I thought of saying, you know, I I just really like Christmas firefighter cowboy sex books because I thought that'll be funny and also true. And then I'm like, nope, you can't even say that. You just have to authentically buy these books. You got to it out. And so I did. And it was very, it felt very good. And I would uh, challenge any of our listeners to do the same. Because, you know, romance really took off once Kindle took off for a reason. And I think we shouldn't be embarrassed anymore. I think so, too. I love that. Anyway, those are my three lady love self-love recommendations. So you don't have to have any. I love that. (laughs) Oh, my God. Thank you. Yes, please. You did a bang up job on all of those. Thanks. Yeah. All right. So you can find us on Instagram at Heaving Bosoms. Email us, heavingbosomspodcast at gmail.com. We are on Facebook and we are now publishing fun, pertinent articles. <laughs> that is uh, Aaron's brainchild. And you will see that they are always liked by Melody Carlisle <laughs> because I will continue to have no chill forever. Unabashedly so. <laughs> right, mom. And, yeah. And Twitter is heave at heaving underscore bosoms. Yeah. And I'm just going to share what we share on Instagram. And I don't think there's going to be any original content on Twitter. It's just going to be the same stuff. Well, we might tweet back at people. Yeah. Yeah. But we maybe we'll talk to you on Twitter. I'm just saying it's not going to be different content necessarily. So just if you prefer Twitter, we'll be there too talking to you. Yeah. All right. Okay. So keep being a badass. And love yourself. As much as you love TMI with Melody, (laughs) which I do. (laughs) All right, Mel. Oh, boy. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. Have a wonderful time in Disney World. All right, we'll do. Bye. All right, bye. Hey, you. Yes, listener, you. Are you loving the show? If so, please leave a rating and review in your podcast app. The 90 seconds you take to say something nice not only helps new people find the show, but it makes me super smile over at HBHQ. Also, I've had a few people ask, and the answer is yes. We are still doing the five-star bribe. If you leave us a review with five stars, then we'll do whatever book you want. We're real, real deep into the list, though, so it might be a while. Ah, Lilas! Okay, back to the show.